You're listening to The Web for Marketing Podcast, where business owners, digital marketers, and creatives collide. All right. So uh, welcome to The Web for Marketing Podcast. So today we're focusing on SEO. Yeah. Um, so uh, welcome. Uh, my name is Kevin Getch. I am the founder and director of digital strategy at Webform. And today I have with me Michael Cortez, which is, uh, he's a just an SEO magician. He, he manages uh, many of our different SEO team members and marketing team as a whole. Uh, and today we're going to be touching on keyword research. So uh, I'm super excited. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of line up the topic a little bit more. But before I do, Michael, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah. No, I think you did a great job. The marketing manager over here at Web4, and hopefully you listened in on the last episode. If not, definitely go back and check that out. But excited to chat keyword research today. Uh, as we know, it's kind of the baseline of, you know, you can think about foundation, building that foundation of the house, kind of the foundation of building a strong house in the SEO world. So no, definitely excited to chat keyword research and dig into some Web4 uh, you know, secret sauce that, uh, process stuff. So, and more. So yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting to me because I, um, we've gotten to the point where we can explain it to clients so that they, they actually get it, which is, is really cool. Uh, because for years and years, you know, people were just like, oh yeah, just keywords. And, you know, and then we, we target those keywords and, you know, they, it, there's a lot, which I get. And so, let me give you the high level overview of, of how we communicate this so that we actually get buy-in from our clients, whether you want to use this with your clients or whether you are internal and you're talking to your executive or corporate team and you're trying to get buy-in, whatever it may be, this is this is the way that C-level, uh, higher level VP marketing tends to understand it. We tend to get traction when we explain it this way. So basically... The reason why keyword research is so important is it basically uh, outlines demand, right? So what we're looking for is we're looking at everything your customers, they're, what they are looking for, right? So what is the demand and where is the, the volume? And so we can start to understand that. So when we start to look at the keyword research, the thing we often say is like, we find out where the gold's buried, right? So this really allows us to understand specifically what keywords your customers are searching, how often they're searching them, um, if there's seasonality, all these different factors that kind of come into play. And then from there, we work with your internal team to find where the business objectives. And so where do those cross over so that the demand is meeting the business objective, right? Because that's where we want to work with our customers is the things that we provide from a business, the things that we want to align with and what our customers are searching for and what we want to provide. And so where does that overlap happen? Because that's, that's where we win, right? So once we do all of that, we also look at which of these keywords are informational, which are more commercial or transactional, which are more brand related kind of navigational type queries. And so we break that all down so that we can start to have a deeper understanding of the point at which the customer is in their journey so that we can map those keywords appropriately to the experience, the website, right? Because an informational keyword uh, probably shouldn't land on a product or service page. That probably is going to be more related to a blog. Whereas a uh, commercial query may want, like you might want to have that land on a service page or something more transactional that is closer to the decision-making part of the process. And search engines appreciate this too, because it's looking at um, matching the intent of the user's query right? So you have a page that matches the intent of the user's query. So we go through all this, we map all of that, we look at your your platforms, your website, whatever those platforms are, and then we do a map. We basically do a, a keyword map analysis where we're mapping every single page of your website to that those keywords so that we go, where are we missing out? Like, which of these pages need to be improved? Uh, where's their huge opportunity that we're only two pages back? Where is... Uh, they're content that hasn't even been created yet that we can create to satisfy these users' intent. Once you do that, uh, I mean, the, it's a it's a game changer. And I think um, for 
for business owners, for VPs, for for C-level execs, it's an easier way to um, explain it in a way that they tend to understand. Now, you know, depending on who we're talking to, I mean, we're going to get into a little more of the the down and dirty, so you can kind of see what the some of the process is like. And so, uh, Michael, what if we're we're starting with keyword research? Like, what's where do we start? What's the first step? Yeah, no, definitely uh, where where we like to start our keyword research journey, right? Because it's all about that journey, or it's connected to that journey, right? But I uh, just want to circle back to what you were mentioning because you touched on so many just very important things and I'm over here writing down things because I want to acknowledge those specific items and, and the value that they bring um, to, you know, your overall SEO strategy and your overall marketing strategy. Um, but the, the first piece, and I think, you know, one of the kind of themes of what you're talking about uh, was, you know, one of the things that we really like to do at web forum. One of the reasons we build such strong relationships uh, is that education uh, and that collaboration process, right? So that's, and that's not just in the keyword research, right? That's throughout the whole journey that's on technical SEO, that's on, you know, why PR may be valuable for them or what, why on-page strategy is valuable. But education is just such a, a huge piece of helping the client understand kind of the reasoning behind, you know, why we're making these recommendations, right? And that helps get that level of trust and, and buy-in, which, you know, ultimately helps move things forward and helps us create big wins for our clients. So I just wanted to acknowledge how crucial that is from an agency perspective or freelancers or whatever, you know, that whole education piece uh, in this world. And then obviously the collaboration, because with them being industry experts, you know, being able to collaborate on things is very valuable in the long run and should ideally add a ton of value for, for their clients and customer base and, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that before I moved on too quickly because that's such a sometimes forgotten piece of the puzzle. I think maybe a little bit. Yeah, and I, I so the something you touched on there, I think, is is huge. Like especially when we're working with whether it's a small business or an enterprise client. Like I see this a lot with some of the enterprise clients we work with, where it's like bringing in the subject matter experts. Uh, because, yeah, they have the industry knowledge. And so there's times when we can say, hey, here's all these keywords. And they're like, within those keywords, they can point out that this one specific keyword is, it indicates that the client is a higher level client that is like very educated and maybe is a specific type of client that they like. And we maybe not have that knowledge. So it's such an important part of their industry knowledge uh, and their client knowledge coming in and aligning together and finding that because we've we've found keywords that are like this volume isn't a high keyword, but the average customer value for us, the client is like is like a million dollars a year. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, we want to rank for that, even if it's only <laughs> 30 searches a month or whatever it is. Right. So there's there's a lot there. You're 100 yeah. percent correct. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, circling back to the, the question you had, though, the, the process. So, and I think we have uh, an example doc that we're going to be sharing shortly um, with everybody on how we kind of break out keyword research. Um, but really the, the process is understanding, um, I feel like I could go so many directions with this, but, but really thinking about um, the user's intent and the buyer's journey a little bit. I, I think that has to be at least thought about when you're doing kind of that research part of the keyword research, right? Before you even start performing the keyword research. Um, but after you, you know, you start thinking about that, really the, you can start uncovering gold by first examining their website, right? Getting an understanding of where they're playing right now, what content exists today. Um, and then, you know, looking at their competitor sites. So you start going at, you analyze the architecture of their domain, you know, what topics they're trying to be relevant for right now. And then you start looking at their top competitors and who's performing well in search, right? Because if the client thinks these are their top five competitors, that doesn't necessarily always mean that that's their top five organic competitors, right? Exactly. Those are two different things. Um, so you, you look at SERPs, uh, who's ranking at the top for their given topics or, or their given category. 
Um, you're looking at the competitors' websites, what they're looking at, you know, or what they're optimizing around, what topics they're optimizing around, and you're looking at their website. And I, you start to formulate overall themes or topics clusters, right, based off of, uh, you know, just this kind of initial analysis of kind of the landscape, the competitor landscape, their own site. Um, so that's really a key piece of it. Uh, also, I touched on it briefly. Uh, SERPs is also your best friend, right? Because you can start to understand a lot from, from what the search results pages are showing you. Um, just from looking at, you know, one kind of advanced level tip is, is looking at the image search, right? Um, Google is pulling in their knowledge graph directly into image search and they're optimizing it or they're breaking it down by topics. So if you search for plumber um, and then you hop over to image search, Google's going to show you how they're looking at it topic by topic under that plumber industry. And it should give you a lot of very good information to start formulating your overall keyword research strategy, right? As far as, because you want to be aligned with the knowledge graph and how Google's looking at a topic and, and making sure that that strategy is kind of aligned there. So um, just kind of uh, a few tips on, on best places to start. Google Trends can also be a popular tool, keyword planner to get paid ad um, conversion data is, you know, very valuable, right? Uh, to find out what could be the, the most valuable keywords that we should be targeting as far as from a conversion perspective. Um, a lot of places to start, um, but really start getting your ideas of what topics. Uh, and that's kind of a key. I feel like I've said it a lot. Um, that's kind of the key strategy here, especially in Google's eyes, is they want to understand your topical relevance, your topical authority, and they do that through understanding, you know, what is the architecture of your site? What are you talking about? Do you fully, do you comprehensively cover a topic, right? So are you capturing users intent throughout the complete buyer journey? Like you already kind of mentioned previously, like, do we have intent informational intent at the top of the journey? Do we have more transactional type, type content for, for users a little long, further along that buyer's journey, right? And a little bit further down that funnel. Um, so that's definitely a, a big key here. And we'll talk about that more. But the topical relevance and topical authority um, is highly connected to that keyword strategy, that that content or topic strategy, whatever you want to call it. But uh, definitely interrelated there. So yeah, no, it, it's funny, but um, there's two paths I want to go. And I, I was trying to think of which one, because I'm like, we can dive down entities and, and how, oh, yeah. you know, why it's so important. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. how Google's algorithm works. And because for some people, mm -hmm. they're like, well, why is that so important? Other people, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, mm -hmm. But there's, there's that portion. But another yeah. thing I want to touch on really quickly is because um, it doesn't always happen. But one of the things that I think is really interesting is sometimes the, at the top of the funnel, there's a higher volume because the, the more informational queries, right? But even pre-funnel, before they're even considering, you know, like before their awareness about your product is even there and they're in starting that, that phase, yeah. when they're starting to look at other problems that potentially relate because they have this problem, you know, that's someone that can potentially be in your journey. Like there's things like that, that, you know, um, my, points, uh, right. Yeah, if I, if I'm starting to look uh, at vision queries, yeah. obviously that's, that's going to be glasses, but people may not think about, um, another, generation or something, right? Yeah. 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 Number, right. Yeah. So there's a number of other, uh, mm -hmm. queries. So depending on the industry, it's, it's really about, at the end of the day, it's always going to be about the customer, uh, really understanding the customer experience from, from, you know, way over here from the start of the problem. And then mm -hmm. in, in that case, you're basically anticipating they're having this problem. The chances are they're going to need, uh, they could be in need of, of our product or service. Right. So there's that type of stuff that's even pre funnel to some extent. So it's interesting. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, kind of related to something, uh, we were going to John and uh, let me, let me share this real quick. And I know we are going to get to, um, we are going to get, get to discussing and actually reviewing the keyword 
look a little bit about like how we've kind of out or what it looks like, right? And how we categorize it and categorize intent and all that. Um, but I just want to share this today because this this kind of aligns directly with what you're saying here is you, you got to be thinking about those pain points. You got to be thinking of what users possibly are searching for that, you know, if you're in the leaky faucet business, right, there are pain points outside of that, whether it's, you know, commercial leaky faucets or whatever it may be. That's not a great example, but you have to really be thinking outside the box. Um, and this this data point here that I'm going to share kind of speaks to what we're talking about here is every single day, Google's processing trillions of queries, right? Or billions and billions of queries. Um, and 15% of those searches every single day are brand new. So that's a whole blue ocean of opportunity, right? Of, you know, untapped search opportunity where there's not necessarily search demand today, but if you're really strategic and really know your buyer's journey and, and their pain points and what they're looking for, um, even pre-funnel, uh, you can capitalize on a whole lot of opportunity that, you know, may not even be a, a relevant search query today, right? That may be something clients are looking for six months down the road. Um, so it's just interesting how, you know, search, the search landscape evolves every day. And if you're really strategic and and have a, a really uh, good insight on you, your on your customers, right? Then that can really set you up with a distinct competitive advantage uh, as far as being able to position yourself just in a place where your competitors can. Yeah. Um, I think the uh, this challenge for Google is one of the biggest things that um, that forced them to think outside the box and create an even better algorithm because it's one thing when you have all this search data that's consistently happening, it's easy to tweak. Um, it's easy to tweak your algorithm when you have existing data that's like, Oh, these queries come in all the time. And then we have this and this doesn't really match this, but when you're, you're something brand new is coming up that you've never seen. How do we create something that, understands the context of this query that we've never seen before mm -hmm. and can provide results that are meaningful <laughs> in this situation. Right. Um, and well, that's so related to what we're talking about today yeah. with, you know, really we call it keyword research, but it's really, and that's what the SEO industry calls it, but it's really understanding your buyers, right. And understanding how that's relevant for search because you know, as the algorithms have advanced with, you know, with the knowledge graph and rank brain and, you know, all these advancements, right. And, you know, mom and Bert, you know, and being able to provide video results. And For the, the people who think that Michael may have be having a seizure or something, he's not, he's just spitting out algorithm names. Some of you <laughs> people are like, oh yeah. And other people are like, what's he saying? He's saying all these words I don't understand. Those are a bunch of different algorithm changes, rank brain and mom and Bert and uh, all these different things are algorithms. Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's helpful here. But no, absolutely. I mean, it, the game has changed as far as just being able to create a piece of content for, you know, if you want to rank for music production, right? It, it's not as simple as just creating a piece of content, throwing it up there and kind of hoping you earn that number one result, right? It's how Google Google is examining this content from a, from a topic perspective and, and just from a understanding perspective has advanced in so many ways with the launch of all these, this different technology, right? They're able to understand content so much better. They're able to understand intent, value for users, you know, and really kind of dissect those, uh, those queries where intent necessarily isn't um, clear, right? Because it, queries, searches can get very advanced. Uh, users can make search very confusing and Google has to kind of dissect through that, like you're saying. And they do that with the knowledge graph, with mom, with Bert, with all these advanced AIs and, advancements in their algorithm, they're able to process through all this data, find those entities, those relationships between the entities and serve you the best results, whether you're um, looking for, you know, um, something with that has multiple intents or multiple types of entities, you know, Google's able to sort through those details better today than they ever have been in the past and provide the best results 
for users. So that's one of the reasons why this keyword research process is just so crucial. So we're, we're going down a little bit of an avenue, and I, I got to touch on this because it's one of my favorite things that I, I don't hear from even industry experts all that often um, that I, I want to touch on because I think like voice search, like, so we're talking about queries all the time that are different searches and voice search has, has really increased in usage. Uh, and it's going to continue increasing in usage as, uh, you know, just people, it's really easy to just say something, ask questions. And there's even conversational search that's starting to happen. That's still a lesser of a, when I say conversational, it just means it's not just one query, it comes back and then you start to actually have a conversation with the search engine. So what, most people, the vast majority of people just don't realize, and then a lot of the industry experts, I just don't hear this a lot, talk about is how Google has basically the, has the largest data set of conversations through Gmail. 100%. So you have, you have Gmail where you have just huge, huge user base where people are having conversations. And then when you look at, okay, they hired Ray Kurzweil, which if anyone knows who Ray Kurzweil is, he's a, he's a futurist and AI um, expert. He's uh, all into, he's invented all these things, never, ever worked for a company in his entire life. He's invented a number of products. He's extremely wealthy, um, but he's got a high probability of determining the future. Uh, he's like 86% accurate or something like that as far as some of the technological advances. And Google hired him. Back, gosh, it's probably been six, seven, eight years now. I forget exactly. But they hired him and put him on this, this email project. And everyone's like, what is he doing on the email project? Yeah. And then we started getting these abilities to respond and select auto responses in email and now sometimes in text and things like that. Yeah. And what were, for the people that maybe aren't initiated in this industry, what they're doing is they're training an algorithm. And so what's happening is they're, they're saying, okay, you sent this conversation. The other thing is tab. So like some people who use Gmail have tab to complete. It'll start to show you completing your sentences and you hit tab, it completes your sentence. Um, Every time you select that response, every time you hit tab is a reinforcement to train their algorithm their AI that says in this largest set of data conversations, it's telling us, okay, we got that one right. We got this one right. Oh, these ones aren't working. We got these ones right. And it's just this huge data set of conversations that's happening all the time because it's ultimately trying to train it to understand the language and conversate and have appropriate responses when they don't know. Right. And so this, some of this is actually what's gone into some of those other, um, programs that affected their search engine so that they can uh, apply it to that 15% of queries. And so that's like a, like to a lot of people just aren't even like aware of that. And I think it's one of the coolest things. 100%. And I actually shared something last month, um, super relevant for this, almost directly aligned, but it kind of takes this, your thoughts on this to, um, you know, what Google is potentially planning in the future, maybe doing to some extent right now, it was on a, I wish I had a link, but maybe we can um, pop it in some show notes or, you know, share it in the future. We'll make sure it's it's available. But it was on user specific knowledge graphs. Um, And what that ultimately means is we have the knowledge graph out there, right, that Google uses to process entities and things like that. But what this is, is actually a knowledge graph that's built into your device, whether it be your computer or your phone. And it actually uses information like Gmail your emails, like your calendar. Um, so if you have a calendar invite with dinner with Bob at six o'clock um, and you've been emailing Bob back and forth, uh, you could then type into Google or say to Google, where's a good place for me and Bob to go to dinner? Uh, and Google's knowledge graph is then able to anonymize that data, but then still understand who Bob is, the entities behind it because of your calendar, because your Gmail conversations, and then attach uh, Bob's, food preferences uh, and your food preferences to those uh, queries. So for example, where should Bob and I go to dinner? They could turn, they could provide a Mediterranean recommendation based on their understanding of Bob as a user uh, and you as a user, right? And then, um, so it's just very relevant where this technology is heading. 
um, as far as uh, this advanced search, right? Because Google is really using this understanding of entities, the knowledge graph, and taking it to the next level um, to where they want to better understand you and provide the most relevant results for you and um, what's going on in your day with the minimal amount of work possible. So just the best user experience, right? Um, but no, it's, it's very interesting um, what they're doing with Gmail, what they're doing with Google Calendar, the whole G Suite, and how that ties into search. Because yeah, a lot of that data is is extremely relevant and, and powering search results uh, in, in many ways. So no, absolutely. The uh, And for those people out there right now that are like creeped out, uh, we get it. <laughs> um, the, the thing is, is uh, all of this is under your control. So you're aware of that. Um, you have the ability to turn on or off all these things. But one of the things I like about what you said, Michael, is if, if it's on device, um, and the reason they're probably doing that is because privacy is such a big thing. It allows you to control your data more effectively. It aligns more with cookies not being around in the future uh, and all that kind of stuff so that you have control of your data, but they still have the ability if you want to provide that to others. Now they have access to your data and you can basically provide them with that access so that they can customize results, but it's under your control. So uh, I like that. Yeah, and they, and they do the process. I just I just actually sent the link to you. Um, the process that they go through says it talks about how they anonymize data and they don't send user specific data. Um, but yes, it does kind of feel like a little bit of a gray line at some point is being kind of introduced where they are finding user specific results and how that ties together. But yeah, Google has a seems to have a process for anonymizing it. So. Um, hopefully it's safe, but yeah, definitely, definitely interesting. Um, and that was a recently released patent, I believe. Well, let's, let's jump into, cause you and I could talk about this like all day, but, a lot of rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, but diving into some of the meat and potatoes of the keyword research and starting to see, um, yeah, how, you know, how we show the client, how we deliver that, uh, how we touch on that, how we find opportunities. Like, uh, um, let's dive into that a little bit. Yeah, let's take a look at the keyword research and kind of review it a little bit here. And for those who are just listening via audio, uh, there is video of this as well. Uh, so we'll talk through it. But at the same time, if you want to see the actual spreadsheet, you can go to the YouTube version. Yeah, so as we're looking, like we were talking about before, what we're looking at here is just a, a pretty basic example of a keyword research document that we would um, present to a client um, based on, you know, our analysis and our research that we've done done for them based on our findings or our previous analysis of their industry and their site and all those good things. Um, but the first place we start, right, is on that category level. Um, so we're using a lot of those sources of data, their websites, their competitors, Google, uh, and others, right? We could get creative with Quora and some other, some other ways for sure. Um, but to get an overall category or topic, topical understanding of where we want to be playing, right? Where we really want to be dominating or, or winning. Um, so then, based on that category, uh, we will then go and perform the keyword research, right? Which will... Uh, ultimately return a lot of results, some relevant, some not relevant. Um, and then it's our, our next step after that is to then find out where those opportunities lie or those golden nuggets, whatever you want to call them. Um, so the, then we start categorizing the keyword research and then we start digging into the keyword research to identify what those quick wins are, uh, what those long-term wins are, uh, what the most relevant keyword research them or keywords are for their for their topic um, and really you know what kind of aligning our strategy from the keyword research to the to the on-page uh, SEO strategy and what what keywords will be targeting uh, in that space um, as you're looking at this or if you're looking at this on video there's a lot of data here so it's probably a lot to take in um, but we try to have as much information that would be relevant uh, for the industry is possible, right? So we are trying to pull in position data of where they're currently ranking. Uh, we're looking at keyword volume data. Obviously, how many key, how many times is that 
uh, query being searched per month. Uh, but then we're analyzing keyword difficulty uh, in a couple ways. So we look at how many people are uh, using it in their title tags or optimizing around on-page strategy, um, but also just the overall keyword difficulty uh, using uh, the keyword dif difficulty algorithm to attempt to assess how tough it is to rank organically for those keywords. And then we pull in some uh, some uh, paid information like cost per click data um, just to make sure that, you know, are these high value terms? Because typically if uh, somebody's bidding on them, uh, then they're going to be pretty valuable from a conversion perspective. You, usually there's a clear correlation there with higher CPC uh, means higher conversions, especially if you see keywords with low search volume and high CPC. Um, those typically tend to be very, very valuable keywords uh, from a conversion or lead perspective. Um, and you can stop me at any, any point, Kevin, but the only other column that I didn't mention here is the intent column. Um, and what we're doing there is we're analyzing it by, you know, where they're at in the funnel. So are these keywords informational? Are they going to be a little higher in the funnel trying to understand, uh, you know, what this topic is or what exactly they're looking for or what their pain points are? Or is it going to be more of a transactional or com commercial type query where users are kind of further down the funnel, ready to buy, ready to make a purchase, and they're looking for, uh, you know, that perfect solution for them? or a navigational type query where, um, you know, it's more brand type search or, or something like that. So um, we're looking at this from a lot of angles on, in when we dig into the keyword research. Um, but really the first place we start is from that topical uh, yeah. standpoint where we try to dig into each topic to make sure our strategies align with, um, you know, creating an effective XCS strategy for our clients in the long run. So there's, uh, I want to come back to the URL column because there's also a column for URL, which we'll kind of talk about in a bit. But before that, I want to kind of point out that some of these keywords, they're, they're related to basically like someone who would be doing home remodeling, luxury home, bathroom remodeling, things like that. And so uh, yeah. one of the keywords, um, and this is kind of some of the things we like to point out to clients is you have bathroom, bathroom remodel, which has this huge volume of 200 plus thousand searches volume a month. And a lot of clients will like, Oh, I want to go after that. And we're like, mm -hmm. well, do you do bathroom remodels across the country? Cause that's a lot of effort. And you know, you're probably not going to do bathroom models over here unless you're a site that is providing leads to uh, bathroom modelers nationwide. It's probably not going to be how you want to target. You're going to modify that keyword uh, to have local factors in it. But the yeah. difficulty score on that is is really high. But one of the things, and you also see that in this example, the client is not even in the first 10 pages, but for a bathroom model with a local, um, a local keyword, they're only on the second page. And that keyword is actually very transactional because it's it's both the bathroom model plus the location. Uh, and it's got a high, fairly high volume um, and it's obviously in their location. So it has a very, very high intent. It's transactional and they're not that far back. So when we look through this, those are some of the opportunities that we look for is where are you not so far back currently um, that is in a really good high value area that is a is in demand that matches with your business objectives that we can get you there as fast as can. Now there's going to be ones that are more medium range. Like what the opportunity I'm talking about is more of like, Oh, we could move uh, a client's positioning up more in the medium range. And there's ones that going to be long-term that are like, it's going to take a long time to build your authority around these topics. Uh, when I say a long time, it might take six months or nine months or something like that to, or even longer in some cases to build your authority uh, in certain topics, right? So I, I thought that was uh, a cool uh, thing in this example. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, definitely relevant for what you're sharing. This is a great way to uncover a ton of quick wins and like you're saying, long-term opportunities too. So we're always, our priority, anytime we take on a new client at Web4, the priority is to get the keyword research completed really as soon as possible but ideally within the first 45 days, right? Because then we can really get an understanding of where those quick wins are really quickly and then start, you know, putting plans in action uh, to get that page two keyword to page one. Because if if you make that happen, um, you know, that 480 searches per month has really high um, commercial intent or transactional mm -hmm. intent. 
Um, so the chance of that leading to a lot of conversions is, is yeah. pretty good, right? So if you could take them from page two to page one there um, with a little bit of on-page optimization or, or maybe, you know, there's the content needs to be refreshed, whatever it may be, right? Um, you can have a lot of value for your clients really quickly um, by just making a couple minimal changes to, to, to one page, right? You're, you uncovered a really big win um, that overall you should be able to, to turn around pretty quickly, right? The, um, and what we're looking, oh, sorry, Kevin. That's okay. So the, the, the process as we were talking through it is as we find this and we, we align with the business objective uh, and then we categorize it and we make sure we have all the data so we can understand which ones are uh, priorities and, and the competitiveness of the different ones that we want to go after and all that. Then we have uh, where we map that to the actual website. And so you have this URL column here where uh, we can start to kind of look at, look at that I'm assuming is where you would put in, this is the, is that, correct that you're going to put in there this is the url that's targeting this keyword or content needs to be created or something along those lines yeah so this uh, that column specifically would show um client specific rankings yep um but there would be an additional column the next step of this would be kind of you know identifying if it's the target keyword which is column c and then you would be mapping that um in a either the keyword map, which I think we have one to share, um, the visual keyword map, the whimsical, uh, and then we'd be mapping that into the keyword map slash OPO strategy. So we have two two types of documents we typically use for, for the keyword mapping. And we use whimsical, um, and then we also use a, a spreadsheet um, after whimsical. Um, so this helps us get an understanding, uh, kind of a visual understanding of what the architecture is on a domain. And then helps us understand, you know, where there's content gaps, like we were talking about previously, right? If there's pages that don't exist right now that need to be built out, um, you know, that's very valuable. That keyword map process is very valuable from an architecture perspective uh, to then begin as assigning, you know, target keywords or target topics to each relevant page. So uh, yeah, the keyword research is this first step here. Uh, and then we take it to that keyword mapping process. And then that ultimately flows very nicely into our OPO strategy or on-page optimization strategy and the keyword targeting or keyword mapping process there. So it's a very, it, they all kind of seamlessly go hand in hand, right? It's one, two, three. They're almost kind of one step altogether. Um, but it helps you create a very aligned uh, SEO strategy from an on-page perspective from a keyword research perspective and really helps you get a great foundation um, right at right when you kick off a project right so you tend to see a lot of uh, great improvement from this so it's it's very important um, to not forget these steps and make sure you're you know really strategic and really understand their journey really understand their audience really understand the topics really understand all of their you know all of those things from a hot from a um you know as deep as deep as possible, as much as possible before uh, you're moving forward with the keyword research, the OPO to the keyword mapping and all that. The yeah. one thing I did want to mention was uh, what we're looking at here, this first spreadsheet does just cover what we call at Web4 kind of your core keywords. So these would be what are your more transactional or commercial type keywords. The keywords you're going to be targeting on maybe your service pages or, you know, solutions pages, whatever they may be, right? This is a this is a home improvement um, type industry. Um, if you're maybe in the technology industry, your site architecture is obviously going to look a little different. Your topics you're targeting are going to look a little different. Uh, but we like to set it up as your core keywords, which would be what you're targeting on those top level pages. And then we have a separate uh, blog topics spreadsheet that we break out, still categorized by topic, um, but we break out for kind of your blog or your informational strategy, right? So what type of content you should be uh, targeting from uh, from a blog perspective, resource library perspective, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, but yeah, these are both equally important in my eyes, right? Because that blog strategy lends itself very nicely to helping improve your visibility on the the solutions uh, service page type side of things, or the more uh, transactional query type of things, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, so we taking this, we then look at that and say, okay. 
do we have a page that's targeting this? Does that page need to, uh, is it good? Are we already ranking number one for that keyword? Or do we need to improve that page, the content on that page, the URL structure, the title tags, the interlinking to that page from the internal ones, links from other, so all that kind of stuff. And then as Michael mentioned, each page then has something uh, where we start to, like if we're working on a, a website and we're, we're building out the website structure, we have something like this where you're, um, you have different categories um, that you can kind of play with, right? So you can come up here and look at, at web design and you can kind of expand that and see, hey, here's some of our core categories that we want to have. And underneath this is even more uh, of the core categories, right? And then from each one of these, you can link to your on-page optimization plan uh, for that specific category. And these these top ones are more like the informational transaction service pages for, for search engine optimization and what we're uh, doing and what some of the plans are there. But then we can also look at more informational like marketing topics. What are some of the different marketing topics we want to touch on? Uh, and what are some of the keywords there and linking to to that side as well to give you just kind of an idea of what a um, like a site site map that is tied in with the uh, then having on page optimization plans for each of those individual pages. Because especially when you work with large sites, we see it over and over where the client it creates new content and they're like, they're basically cannibalizing the content they've already created because they're like, okay, I've created three pieces of content about this topic. And it's like, you want to focus this page on that topic. You can have some subcategories, but if you start to dilute that main topic, you're, you're basically, uh, Google is looking at those pages and kind of splitting uh, authority between those pages a little bit. Um, so you want to be very clear about, um, not cannibalizing your own content and making sure that the topics are clear and concise. Um, and that when you cover the topics, you cover them uh, enough and concise in that. But then, yeah, it's kind of like you have that topic cluster and then what individual topics are underneath that, those all build up that top topic cluster, whether it's an e-commerce site with product categories. And so like, the service pages, what Michael was recommending would be more like those transactional ones would go to product or product category pages, you know, and then the information will go to blog. So it really depends on your specific business and your site, but that's kind of a little bit of how we go through the process. And then the on-page optimization plan, did we want to, I mean, we're probably not going to share an example of that. Um, a lot of that's secret sauce, but I know. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Maybe in the future we, we talk more about on-page strategy and just kind of give gives a little bit of our secret sauce, right? We don't want to share any client-specific information. But yeah, 100%, like you're saying, that keyword research to the keyword mapping, and then that directly informs the on-page optimization strategy. But something you talked about before um, was identifying, like, common common issues we have is can keyword cannibalization, right? Client has a piece of content that really kind of answers the intent behind this, Corey. And then they go and create another page that answers a very similar intent. And then you have two competing pages, right? Another common issue that we see quite frequently is orphan pages, right? So a client just cuts a page from their site, like, okay, it's gone. It's no longer linked up. That doesn't exist anymore. And then they go create a new one that's kind of the same. And then you have five of them eventually where they cut this one and create a new one and cut this one and create a new one. So, um, Part of this process that we haven't really touched on is what we call internally the deep crawl analysis, right? Um, which is, and I think we have a screenshot at least to share um, of an example, right? But that process helps us uh, look at that site architecture perspective after we've done the keyword research, before we've done the content gap analysis, right? This is all kind of part of that analysis and strategy portion. You've done the keyword research, you started the keyword map arch architecture, right? Um, and then we like to do a deep crawl analysis to identify, yeah, where are those orphan pages um, that, you know, have the same search intent, but they're just still sitting out there, right? Diminishing your, diminishing, diminish, diminishing your mm -hmm. overall quality score in the eyes of Google. Um, where are those cannibalizing pages, right? Where are those 404s? Uh, where are those pages that can be like merged together because they answer such the same intent, really, they should just be one blog, right? Or or one service page. 
So this keyword gap analysis, or keyword gap, that's jumping ahead here. That This deep crawl analysis is kind of um, also a, a very important portion of this keyword research process that kind of helps us align where the site's at right now, mm-hmm. where it needs to be, what content needs to be cut, what content needs to be redirected, and what content gap analysis that needs to be performed to uncover what pages don't exist, right? This is all a very comprehensive, thorough process uh, to identify where some of those big opportunities are. It's uh, it's funny because I this is um, this example is actually from a huge project that we did that was URLs. Uh, what's that? Was it two million URLs? Uh, gosh, it was. I'm I, I'm forgetting. I know it was over a million, but it was uh, a large site. It might have been closer to two, I want to say two point three million. Yeah, uh, is what they so we're working with uh, Discover Org. This is all published as a case study, and we won an award for the American Marketing Association uh, for our work on this. So um, it's you know find it, something that we can share on this. But yeah. they uh, acquired a company, um, Rain King, a very large brand that had this huge site, and they had they're like they're like oh by the way we just acquired this company with. 2.3 million pages on their website that we want to bring into our brand. And we want you guys to advise us on how to best do that. And uh, <laughs> it's very simple to say <laughs> doing it is, is quite different. And so uh, it was a really fun process and all the stuff that we went through uh, that and really what was cool about that in this case was they had a lot of similar content Um but then they had a whole nother portion of their site that uh, I, I want to say they had 2.3 million pages, but only 300,000 of them were actually in Google's index. Yeah. And so yeah. so they had problems with their site not being done correctly. So part of it was we had to audit that site and find out what was going wrong there. And then there was recommendations around bringing that content over. Do we bring this content over, all this stuff? And we had a resounding, yes, you definitely <laughs> want to bring this content over. Here's why it's not ranking there. Here's what it's going to do for you. And I, I want to say we saw like a 1,400% increase um, in keyword rankings on the first page, which was just huge, this huge thing. And it's still, still to this day, uh, they're doing extremely well from this. And so this spreadsheet basically broke down all those different pages on their site, the categories of content that they had, the other site, and then determining, were we going to merge this content? Are we going to redirect it? Are we going to replace it? Um, Are we going to just create new content from this because there's nothing there? And so we had to go through that whole process um, of all the stuff with the actual, once we got the, the large portion of pages out, I want to say there was a couple hundred thousand. And then we had to narrow that down because it was like, do you want to go through this with a couple hundred thousand pages? And so we worked with them to narrow it down to, I want to say there was somewhere between five and 10,000 pages that we went through and did this, this for, uh, which was still a lot. And the other stuff we could, we could do at a larger scale in different ways. And so, um, yeah, so definitely, um, you know, it's it's important, especially the larger the site gets, the more important this kind of work becomes. But um, so for a small business, this is looking at it. So they're like, this seems like overkill. Yeah, probably. If you're a, a plumber down the street, um, you'd be surprised. You'd you be won't. surprised what I see all the time, almost on a daily basis. I would say you don't need to go to this extent. Your site's not going to be, uh, you know, millions of pages, but you may have a site with hundreds of pages. Uh, It's potential that you could have thousands, but chances are, if you're like a lot of plumbers, you know, you're probably only going to have 30 or so pages unless you've been consistently creating quality content, in which case you could have hundreds of pages. It's still going to be more in depth. um, And you're going to find tons of value to say, oh, so you mean I could create content for this? And every time someone searches this up that I could show up for that? Yeah. And, you know, those are the kind of things where you find uh, all the opportunities, all the golds buried that aligns with your customers' needs and and also aligns with your business objectives. So um, I know we've gone over a lot today. Um, Let's let's put a let's wrap a bow on this, Michael. What do you what do you think? um, to kind of summarize 
uh, and cover any last topics. I know we have the data sets. I don't know if you wanted to get into the, the data sets and share any of that kind of stuff as far as some of the large keyword data sets out there or whether you wanted to just kind of uh, wrap it up with a, a bow as far as why keyword research is so important. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think we're good to, to wrap it up. We, we've talked about Google and in the amount of searches that are new. Um, that, that's just kind of directly aligned with what we were talking about on the data sets, right? They, there are billions and billions of keywords, but with that many new searches, right, there's there's always uncovered opportunity to, to really be thinking about that, uh, you know, it's just super important that the yeah. business owners should be, um, you know, have a SEO specialist or have a team of SEO specialists in their corner um, to help them uncover those golden nuggets, those opportunities. It's It really can be a game changer on so many perspectives. Um, one thing, having keyword research, it's another thing kind of having aligned SEO strategy yeah. that takes it from keyword research to execution on page yeah. and then helps you get those rankings that you desire and help you get that organic visibility. So uh, just so crucial. Um, definitely should not be overlooked. Um, I know it's strings to things, Google nowadays, right? But the, the step one is still keyword research uh, to identify where those things are that yep. you should be going after, right? So in the strength thing reference, sorry, I have a lot of, uh, you know, industry relevant references and things like that. String the things was the advancements of Google's algorithm around 2014 with, with the launch of the knowledge graph um, that they look at things now or entities instead of just strings or keywords, right? It says basic keyword yep. matching. So yeah, just shouldn't be overlooked from a business perspective. So crucial. Um, for your business's overall success. And definitely, I highly recommend having an SEO or team of SEOs in your corner to help you execute on that that strategy. The, the way I think about it is uh, it's finding out what your customers want and giving it to them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like at the simplest point, this is like, here's what your customers want. Now let's yeah. give it to them and let's do it in a way that actually is going to show up in the search results. So love it. With, with okay. that, I think we're at a good spot to, to wrap things up. I wanted to uh, thank everybody for uh, listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and we'll see you next time.